Praise the Lord. Can we all stand together one more time? I want you to lift your hands to the Lord, and I want you to repeat after me something that the psalmist said. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Give someone a high five before you're seated. Three children were talking with their dads. The first one said, my dad is an attorney. He practices law. The second one said, my dad is a doctor. He practices medicine. The third one said, my dad is a Christian, but he doesn't practice. Let's make sure that we are practicing Christians. Amen. We are practicing not just what we preach, but what we hear and what we believe. Can you say amen? amen? Well, it is so good to be back. This is week number two that I'm back. For some of you, it's week number one because you were here last week. But it's good to see you. Uh, there's a saying that distance makes the heart grow fonder. But it also says out of sight, out of mind. Uh, you were out of sight and out of mind for a couple of months. But distance did uh, make my heart grow fonder. It's so good to see you. You all look better than when I saw you three months ago. You are all looking so good. God bless you. And uh, let's open up the Word of God this morning, Psalm 103. I want to talk to you about the best benefits package. The best benefits package. How would you like to work for a company that offers free food and meals every day at work? Not only that, but they have free cooking classes. They have a free on-site gym and gym classes that you can avail yourself of throughout the day. There's a free massage therapist. There's even a free on-site medical staff. You could even bring your clothes to work because there's a free laundry mat. And if your hair's long and you need a trim, you can get a free haircut. There's a rec room to unwind in. And for you dog lovers, your dogs are welcome. Now listen to this benefit. There's a death benefit. If an, a, a Google, if an employer, employee dies, their spouse gets 50% of their salary for the next 10 years. Their children, the children of a deceased, gets a thousand a year until they're 19 years old. Google boasts one of the best benefit packages in the world. What I just read are some of, not all of, the Google benefits that employees can have. Now, if some of you are going online, to apply for Google. Hold on. Harvard University extends offers to only 6% of, their, of the applicants. So of all of the thousands, tens of thousands of people that apply to Harvard University to study, only 6% are chosen. But to become a Google employee, it's 25% harder than to get into Harvard. So just to put that in perspective, the benefits are that great, but it's that hard to work for Google. But David in Psalm 103 talks about the greatest benefit package available. Now, how come when I was talking about Google and all of the perks you can get, you were all excited? But now I'm talking about 
I'm about to talk about the best benefit packets ever. And you're saying, oh, brother, here we go now. I heard this before. But here we have David, the man of God. The one who always said he had a heart after God. And he wrote many of the Psalms. And the Psalms are simply prayers that were put to music. It was the people of God back hundreds of years before Christ. It was there for the older people. It was their hymnal. For the younger people, it was their playlist. The Psalms were the music, were the tunes for the people of God to pray and to worship God with. And here we have David, as he writes the Psalms, he expresses the full spectrum of emotions and feelings. He shares of his soul struggles, the questions that he has, the bewilderments, the confusions, and even the joy and the excitement of life. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, David reveals the best benefits package ever. Better than Google. Better than any other company. And here we have it. In Psalm 103, many of you know it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Come on, somebody bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forget not all His benefits. What are the benefits that we enjoy as children of the Most High God? What are the benefits that we receive when we come into relationship with God through the Savior, Jesus Christ? He goes on to enumerate them. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. There's a good place to praise the Lord right there. When you think of the benefits of the, of the Lord, the benefits that God has given us. Before David begins to enumerate and begins to list the benefits, he does something that might seem a little strange. He begins to talk to himself. Anybody talk to themselves here? I appreciate the honesty. You all do. He begins to talk to himself. He begins to say to his own soul, to that spiritual part of himself, do you know we are a complicated individuals? We are part spirit, part soul, part body. We, we have a body, but you know what? That's not the real us. When you look in the mirror, uh, I don't know if you like what you see, but, but you're more than what you see. The real you is that, that immaterial part. The real you is that spiritual part. Now, if we would only come to church, we would only prepare ourselves spiritually the way we prepare ourselves physically to come to church. Come on, how many of you spend, I'm not just talking about the, the women here. Some of you spend half hour in the mirror, 20 minutes in the mirror. Preparing our outer man. And so should we. But spiritually. To prepare ourselves. Because we are a spirit being. So David. He talks to himself in verses 1 and 2. He says so. Bless the Lord. There's times when you have to. Will yourself. You have to declare to yourself. It is time to bless. The Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all, all that is within me. Give God your all. Give God your best. 
That's what David, and he's not preaching to anybody but himself. He's saying, soul, I want you to bless the Lord. And then he repeats it again. You know you're in trouble when you repeat the same thing to yourself. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord. Forget not all his benefits. Here David is talking to himself. He's encouraging himself to praise the Lord. You see, sometimes there is nobody to encourage you. Sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. I believe that is part of maturing as a believer. There's no worship team helping to lead you in the praise chorus, but you make a joyful noise unto the Lord anyhow. There's no one to encourage you to praise God, but you lift up a praise from the lowest valley. Yes, I will. I will lift you higher. In the lowest valley, I will sing your praises. No one around to encourage you. Pastor Richard's on his sabbatical. You have to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself. You see, David learned this in his own life in 1 Samuel chapter 30. You might have heard the story, but David and his, his men had come from fighting a military campaign and they had come back to their city and they found, they found their city in Ziglag. It was burned and, and it was in rubbles and all their wives and children had been taken captive. This was a low point for David. It was a low point for his men. And they began to weep, the Bible says, and they wept until there were no more tears to weep. And if things couldn't get bad, they went from bad to worse. The Bible says that his own men spoke of stoning him. And David, in this low point, unbearable grief, insurrection from his men, the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. He looked at the circumstances. He looked at what his five senses told him. But he realized, you know what? There's a sixth sense. There's another sense. There's the sense of the presence of God. When you're at your lowest point, when all seems lost, when there seems to be no way out, you begin to encourage yourself in God. And the presence and the spirit of God comes on your side, comes by your side and makes all the difference. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Just a side note. I believe that this church, through its leadership, not only survived, but it thrived while it was on my sabbatical. And that is a testimony to the fact that this church has learned how to encourage itself in the Lord. Can you give God praise this morning? David learned something that we all need to learn. The power of encouraging self-talk. What is self-talk? It's your internal dialogue. It's always playing. It's influenced by your subconscious mind. And it reveals your thoughts, your beliefs, your questions and ideas. Self-talk can be negative. It can be positive. It can be encouraging, but it could also be distressing. A lot of it has to do with your upbringing. A lot of it has to do with what you were fed at a very young age. Some of us here this morning have more to overcome than others when it comes to negative self-talk. But I want you to understand that the Bible says that our minds can be renewed. Thank God. That our minds can be made new. That we might have had a lot of negativity growing up. A lot of criticism. We might have been torn down. We might have been told some things that, that were very horrifying or horrible. But let me tell you that the Bible says that our minds can be transformed. That we can have a renewing of our minds. And it comes through the word of God. 
when we begin to replace that negative self-talk with the Word of God that says, I'm accepted, I'm beloved, I'm highly favored, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am chosen. I am loved unconditionally. We begin to replace those thoughts. And it's a daily thing. It's not a one and done. It's a daily process. Why? Because we have an enemy that's trying to destroy us. We have a spiritual force. We have a, there are devils that are working overtime to get into your mind, to get you negative, to get you bitter, to get you critical. The older I get, I'm not old, but I'm, I'm getting there. The more I realize I have to not allow negativity, bitterness, unforgiveness to take root in my heart. How many of you know some of the most difficult times are three in the morning? When you wake up in the morning and all these thoughts come at you. It's the time you say, Jesus, renew my mind. That's the time you begin to quote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green path. He restores my soul. He leads me beside still waters. You need to, you need to have that replace those old memories, those old thoughts with the word of God. That's why it's so important every day to read the word of God. That's why it's so important to read Facebook. Just want to make sure you're listening. Just want to make sure you know you can do that. You can do the you can read the Word of God, too. Amen? David shows how to talk to himself or how we should talk to ourselves. Psalm 42, verse 5. David said to his soul, why are you cast down? Why are you in this negative mindset? Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God, for I shall praise him. Hallelujah. No matter how low you go, there's a way that you can get up. There's a way you can get out of that pit and you can get into a place of praise. David shows us in Psalm 104, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And once again in Psalm 146, verse 1, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. You see, David would tell himself over and over, to remember what God had done. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Hope in God. Remember what he did in the past. Remember how he made a way for you. Remember the answered prayer. Remember the breakthroughs. Remember the blessings. Remember the provisions. The importance. That's why he would say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. And forget not all his benefits. Come on, are you there this morning? Forget not. Why are we commanded to forget not? Because it's a real danger. It is a very real danger that we have to beware of. Deuteronomy chapter 4. If we could have that scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9. Only take heed to yourself. And diligently keep yourself, lest you, the things your eyes have seen, and lest you depart, they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Verse 23, take heed to yourselves. Again, take heed, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. Deuteronomy chapter 6. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of good things which you did not fill, you know, wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and in full. Stay right there. Sorry, go back. What is it saying? God is warning his people. When you are a blessed people. When you enjoy the goodness of God. Some of us have been through grave trials. 
Some of us know what it is to live on just a little bowl of rice for a day. Some know what it is to live in a little shack, a little place, a little apartment. But God has blessed you. Some of you know what it is to, to, to not have a job and God bless you with a job. To get that job and God to give you a better job and a raise. And what is God saying when you have come into that blessing? Next verse. Verse 12. Beware. Turn to the person next to you. Say beware. No, no. Come, tell them like there's a dog coming after them. A, a mean junkyard dog. Beware. Beware lest you forget the Lord. Oh, I don't have time to go to church. I got to work. Double, double. I don't have time. I've got to polish my new car. Lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The problem is we forget. We get comfortable. We get complacent. How many of you got a chance to see the movie, movie Harriet? You got to see that. It's a powerful movie. Great movie. Harriet Tubman. Um, during the time of slavery, uh, a black woman who began to free other slaves, endangered her life. And she kept that passion to her dying days. But she was in a meeting with other, other white and black people who were freeing slaves themselves. But now they, it was years down the road and they had gotten nice homes and they're doing well. And she's still passionate and she tells them with, with, with passion in her heart, she says, you all forgot what it was like to be a slave. You got a nice house. You got a job now. You're free. But, but you forgot what it was like to be enslaved. And it made me think of Christians. How we forgot. We forgot what it was like to be lost. To be in bondage to sin. To have no hope. To have nothing. We lose sight of it and we lose our edge. We lose our passion for others, for souls, to minister to people. Why? Because we forget. We forget. We get comfortable. We get complacent. The word of God tells us it's a real danger. Peter in the New Testament Look at how many times he says this in just a few verses. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. This is the apostle writing in the New Testament. He says, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us who are ministering the word. I'm sorry, that's going to be Second Peter, my fault. Second Peter. If you can get that. Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 12. Here it is. For this reason, I will not be negligent to what? i got to remind you. Oh, pastor, I heard that before. But did you really hear it? It's okay. You need to hear it again. Why? Well, what, what if Peter said, I'm not being negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. So that right there tells us it's important still to hear the word over and over, even when we know it, we need to know it again. Even when we hear it, we need to hear it again. Why? Because there are messages coming at you 24 There are advertisements. There are subtle messages. There are subconscious messages. Negative thoughts, evil thoughts, lustful thoughts, powerful thoughts, bitter thoughts, greedy thoughts coming at you every day. Verse 13, again, the same, same chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Look what the word of God says. I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, he wasn't camping. What he meant was his physical body. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you need to be stirred up. Because you need to be reminded. Look at, look at verse 15. Verse 15. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that always you'll have a reminder. Even when I'm gone, Peter's saying, while I'm here, I'm going to remind you. And when I'm gone, I'm going to remind you. How did he do that? Through the scriptures. 
through the word of God. He didn't come as a ghost. He didn't come in a dream. No, he came with the word of God. He, he inspired by the Holy Spirit, left us, what? Reminders. Forget not all his benefits. What is David saying? He says there are countless reasons to praise God and express our gratitude to, to him. Next week is Thanksgiving. It's a good reminder that we have in this country. But I don't know if we get the message. Do we get the message that we ought to be grateful? I think something would be the best thing you could say to people when they ask you how you're doing. It don't matter if you're going through hell. I'm grateful. I think that's a good saying. I, I'm trying to say that more. How you, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Things are tough, but I'm grateful. Things don't look good, but I'm grateful. Why? Because I can trust in God. Why? Because God is still God and he's still in control. See, the sinfulness of, of our nature, we're prone to forget. So David wants us to continually bring these things to our minds. Continually. If you work for a company, HR will supply you with a policy manual or an employee handbook. That will tell you your benefits. And what do you do? You study that. How many days off do I get? You know, how, how, how many, how, when do I get a raise? What holidays do I get off? Because we want to know the benefits. Do we want to know the benefits that God Almighty has spiritually given us? My God, if some of you were as diligent as you are in making money, if you were that diligent in the word of God, you'd be spiritually rich. You'd be full of joy. Your countenance would be lifted. You would be so, so blessed. Turn to the person next to you. Say, pastor's been on a sabbatical. So he's got a lot of time to make up. Get comfortable. You're going to be here a while. How many will give me five minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. What are the benefits? He forgives us. He forgives us. Quickly, I'm going to go through this. He forgives us. David begins with this because it's the most important thing. It affects every other area of our life. He forgives our iniquity. Iniquity is the ingrained perversity. It's that propensity towards self and sin of our being and all the wicked actions and thoughts those lead us to do. So, so what is David saying? He's not just saying he forgives the sin because the sin is the fruit. The iniquity is the root. It is that part of our nature that leads us, that, that produces all kinds of bad fruit. But in the goodness of God, God even goes to the depth of our need. He forgives us. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. What a wonderful promise. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Passing over the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. The next verse. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquity, iniquities and will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Aren't you glad Jesus, he, he don't just remove them, he casts them into the depths of the sea. And someone said he puts up a sign, no fishing. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful that God forgives and he forgets? Have you ever met people, they say they forgive, but they never forget. How do you know? Because they bring it up. <laughs> they remind you of what you did way back when. But God does not remind us. When he forgives us, he lets it go. Hallelujah. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Paid in full. Meaning his blood on the cross, his sacrifice on the cross, paid for every sin of yours to cover it, to subdue it, to cover it. Aren't you glad that your sins will not be remembered? Aren't you glad that there's no technology that will put up your sins on the screen? Hello? Amen, I'm glad. He not only forgives us, 
He fixes us. He fixes us. He heals all our diseases. This speaks of healing for the body, but not just the body, the mind, the heart, the spirit. It speaks of the totality of healing. Now understand something. What is David saying? He's not preaching to anybody else. He's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want to tell you, soul, he forgives you. Imagine telling yourself you're forgiven. I think that would be a powerful thing. To tell yourself you're forgiven self. They don't forgive you, but God forgives. He heals me. Self, you're healed. Your emotions. God heals the brokenhearted. You know, we're all at different ages. There's some kids in here that are in their teens. Some that are younger, some that are in 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Anybody in their 90s? 80s, we stop at. But how many of you know we all have needs that are peculiar and, and different for each age? You know, there, there's no 20-year-old that's worrying about health care or worrying about, uh, you know, what nursing home they're going to be in and, there's no 20-year-old that's worrying about the medic. You know, you don't hear them talking. You get around 20, well, they're not talking about medications. What doctor I just went to see. They're just, that's not where they're at. But then you get around 80-year-olds, that's their world. And, and I don't mean that in any negative way because we're all heading in that direction. Some of you don't realize that you'll be talking about what doctors you're going to be seeing. Maybe right now, right now, but give them 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's where we're all, we're all headed. But what I'm trying to say is that we all have different needs. And isn't God awesome that he knows our needs and he's got the same grace, the same peace, the same uh, spirit to minister to where you're at. Turn to the person next to you say, God knows where you're at. And he's going to take care of you. He not only forgives us, he fixes us, he frees us. He frees us, who redeems your life. From destruction. From the pit. You might say, I've never been close to death. How has the Lord delivered me from the pit? How? More times than you realize. There were times, my, my daughter, just last year or so ago, a year or two ago, she spun out of control at a dangerous curve on 95 during busy morning traffic. But the Lord delivered her from, this, from the pit. Not a, not a scratch on her. Not a car hit her in busy traffic. Don't you know that God can redeem your life from destruction? Don't you know there have been times when you came so close to the edge through your sin, through your folly, through what you did, and you almost went over, but by the grace of God. Come on, somebody give praise to God. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and all that is within me. He not only forgives, he fixes, he frees, but he also favors. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns you. When you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, you wear a crown. Every one of you this morning, you've got a crown on. It's a crown of loving kindness and tender mercies. What a good God we serve. He crowns us. He, he puts a crown. He places a crown on our head. It's love and kindness and tender mercies. Yeah, you better believe it this morning. You have a crown. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. He not only forgives us. He not only fixes us. He frees us. He favors us. And lastly, he feeds us. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you know there's a lot of people, they eat a lot. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to confess your sin this morning. I don't think any, I think our waistline betrays us. We're all eating well. But you know what? It don't necessarily mean we're satisfied. Hello? But the Bible says he satisfies you. There's a difference between being satiated and being satisfied. 
There's a difference between being full and being satisfied. How many of you just keep eating that good food, that, that delicious food, and you, you want more, and it just don't satisfy? Especially during the holidays, don't we all experience that? But the Bible says he feeds us. He satisfies us. He feeds us with the bread from heaven. Jesus said, he who eats this bread will never die. I wish you were here. The Lord satisfies and renews so that your strength is renewed like the eagles. That's good news for the older folks this morning. The eagle lives around 30 years. And they live long and in great strength and vigor, even in their latter years, more than most birds. But you know what happens? They go through a molting process where they shed their old wings and they grow new ones. The Lord renews you like the eagles. Turn to the person next to you say, you're looking better already. Let me, let me just close with this. Let me close with this. Three attitudes quickly that rob our praise. Three attitudes that rob our praise. David saying, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. What robs you? What robs me from giving God the praise and the worship? Number one, P-R-I-D-E. Pride. You know what's in the, the middle of pride? See, this is the attitude that says, I've worked hard for everything I've gotten. Nobody ever gave me anything. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. Whatever that means, I still don't know what that means. But It's I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. It's pride. There's a king in the time of Daniel, the prophet named Nebuchadnezzar. Can we put up Daniel chapter 4? It's a, law, a large passage of scripture, but I want to give you the context in Daniel chapter 4. And this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon, the most powerful man in the empire, in the, in the earth, in beautiful, beautiful kingdom. It says in the next verse, the king spoke saying, he's looking out, he's, he's, he's on his deck looking over the kingdom. Is this not great Babylon that I have built, that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Isn't this my 401k that I have built? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. You know, God blessed my wife and I six years ago to buy a house that was what we would call our dream house after waiting many, many years. And I go out on my deck and sometimes in the summer I'm drinking my coffee, having devotions, looking at the yard and I just look and I say how beautiful it is. But I'm very quick to like, God, thank you. <laughs> God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. Lest I say, look what I have bought. The next verse. They shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you. Until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Now understand, God, through Daniel, was speaking to a king who is not of the people of God. He's a Babylonian king who actually had taken captive the people of God. So there was no frame of reference. They, they were not God-fearers. They were idol worshippers. But you know what God's saying? I am the God of the universe. I set up one kingdom, put down another. Next verse. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. 
His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Next verse. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me and I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise the Lord. Praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven and all of the, all who all of whose works are truth and his ways justice and those who walk in pride. Tell me he knew that last verse personally. All who walk in pride, he is able. Please, brothers and sisters, please everyone, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself. Because if you don't, God will do a good job. Pride keeps us from praising. But did you know that at the end, Nebuchadnezzar, hallelujah, he's praising God now. He's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. We ought to be saying that to ourselves this afternoon, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, throughout the week. Another thing that keeps us, robs our praise, is a critical spirit. Instead of being grateful, this person will always find something to complain about. Do you ever meet someone like that? Please don't look at your spouse right now. A lady known as an incurable grumbler constantly complained about everything. At last, her preacher thought he had found something about which she would be happy. For her farm crop was the finest for miles around. When he met her, he said with a beaming smile, You must be very happy, Mary. Everyone is saying how healthy your potatoes look this year. She answered, True, they're pretty good, but what am I going to do when I need bad ones to feed the pigs? Turn to the person next to you say, that's supposed to be a joke. And I close with the last attitude that Rabbah prays. Carelessness. I think this is the most insidious one that we all have to watch out for. Carelessness. Do you realize we can grow accustomed to all of the blessings of God so that we take them for granted? People of God in the Old Testament period before Christ came. The Bible tells us that God did a miracle every day for them. You know what he did? He rained down manna. Every day. It was a miraculous provision of food. And what happened? They started complaining because it was the same every day. Every day they'd go out and see a miracle. Oh no, manna again. I've had manna burgers. I had manna pie. I had uh, all kinds of manna. It's coming out of my... But it was the provision of God. It is so easy, brothers and sisters, to take for granted the good things that God does. Would you stand together with me this morning? Do you know the benefits that God has? Forget not all His benefits. Get into the word of God to find out what God has for you. When my son and I were away in Kenya during my sabbatical, we were at an all-inclusive resort on the Indian Ocean, the east coast of Africa and Kenya. And all the food was included. But there was one little restaurant that, that we didn't find out about the first day. I think it was the second or third day. And it was... A little restaurant that had snacks. Now we had food, big meals every day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they even had snacks. But what do you do when you're on vacation? 
you eat. So we found out about it. My son found out about it. And they had, and it was free. They had delicious samosas. Now I saved this for the end of the message because I don't want you to get too hungry till we're ready to eat. And these samosas were delicious. So you know what my son was doing? He was going, he was going two or three times. He was getting two orders, three orders, bringing them back to me. We're sitting in a chair on the ocean, reading, enjoying, and he's bringing these samosas. They were delicious. But you know what? He knew about it or he learned about it and he enjoyed the benefits of it. You see, if we didn't know, we couldn't have partaken. I think some of us, we forget the provision and the blessing of God. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. You don't even know how many times God has done that. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You wear a crown of God's goodness. He satisfies things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Can we bless the Lord for just one minute? Come on, all over this place. This is our practical application. This is the call to action. Come on, give God praise. Come on, not just with a clap, but even with your mouth. Come on, remember Nebuchadnezzar. Don't think it was your own ability. Don't think it was your own strength, your own cleverness. But it was the goodness of God. Come on, we bless him. We thank him. We praise him. Well, maybe you haven't been healed yet. Bless him by faith. Come on, maybe you haven't experienced God's goodness. Bless him by faith. Hallelujah. Can I just, just before we close, can I just push this a little bit harder? Can I just push it a little bit more forcefully? How can we hear about a king in the Bible unless we think it's a fairy tale? A great king wasn't a king of Israel, wasn't a part of the covenant. He was just a pagan king. He'd be like Putin. I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Just some king in another country, some president, some prime minister. And all of a sudden, they lose their mind and they're in, in the fields eating grass and hairs growing, fingernails are growing because they attributed the greatness of their accomplishment to themselves. And then they learned, then their reason returned and they understood that it was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was the God, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. That humble them. And then they acknowledge him. Are there some of you here this morning. You still. You've been around this thing long enough to know better. And, and I'm just. Just want to appeal to you. Please. Humble yourself. Don't let pride get in the way of blessing God. I still try to pray. I pray before every meal. Because I, it's still, to me, it's acknowledging, you know what, God, you provide. I need a constant daily reminder that, God, you blessed me. This morning, would you bow your heads? I want to pray. Maybe there's someone you've never had your sins forgiven. Maybe you've never come to faith. It's, it's very simple. See, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to take our place. And he went to the cross to pay for the sins of the world so that you could be forgiven. There's no other remedy. There's no other solution. There's no other way to be made pure, to be cleansed, to be made new, except through the blood of the Savior, the sacrifice of Calvary. Jesus said, it is finished. It meant paid in full, paid for the sins of the world. He paid for your sins this morning. Is there someone here who would say, Pastor, I need to be forgiven. Not asking you to confess what your sins are, but something that all of us have to do and still need to do because we still fail. We still sin. We still need to say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. 
If there's someone here this morning while heads are bowed and you're praying and just talking to God yourself, you'd say, Pastor, I need forgiveness. Would you just lift your hand quickly? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. He forgives you. Jesus forgives. All you have to do is say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. I confess that I'm a sinner. That I can't save myself. I need you, Jesus. Put your faith and trust in him this morning. In Jesus' name. But there are some others here this morning that pride has gotten in the way. You care more about what people think. You care more about likes on social media than you care about what God likes. Would you humble yourself today? I just want to save you from some heartache. I just want to help prevent some further pain and suffering that's not needed and unnecessary. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. Bible says God resists a proud person, but he gives grace to the humble. I'm going to pray in closing. If that's you, would you just ask God to forgive you? Would you just humble yourself? I believe God's working in somebody's heart this morning. I believe God is is helping somebody. He's about to redeem somebody from destruction because they're repenting of their pride and they're humbling themselves before God. So God, I thank you this morning for each and every person here. You love them dearly. That's why you warn them. That's why you reach out to them. That's why your love is never failing. And so God, I pray that by faith, through the instrumentality of the word of God, that there would be a response to you, God. That there would be a surrender. There would be a humbling. There would be a letting go. There would be repentance, turning to you, turning from all pride, all idolatry, all evil. Oh God, because you're the one that gives us such great benefits. God, I thank you for each and every one. I pray you would confirm the word of God to every heart. Confirm the word of God with signs and wonders following God. God, show off in people's life. Reveal yourself. Do the miraculous, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You're in liberty. Give someone a hug. Handshake. If you want to pray, these altars are open. God bless you this morning.